my chip. One, two, one, two. How's the volume level on it? Okay. Yeah? Recording. That's okay. That's how our shows typically start. It's about to get funky. Is it going to get funky or scary? It's going to get... Maybe? Maybe it's... <laughs> I think it's going to get superstitious. For all those who don't know what this is about. Tell us some more, Stevie. That's all Stevie's going to give us? That's all Stevie's going to give us. <sighs> oh, you got to keep it under a minute or we have to pay uh, royalty fees. We probably would anyway. That's why we're not on YouTube. Oh. They kick us right off with all the music we play. Oh, I did not know that. So, what are we doing? What are we doing? Stevie Wonder. Pair of Babylites. What's our topic tonight is Stevie Wonder. Okay. Um, he's blind and superstitious. <laughs> I no? I don't think that's right. <laughs> He's blind. Maybe he is, though. Maybe he is superstitious. Well, why would he sing about superstition if he wasn't superstitious? Maybe he got blind by walking under a ladder. No. So now he's... <laughs> That's a stretch. That's a reach that you can't see coming. If he was here, he would listen to where you were in the room and then punch you. No. <laughs> he would virtual punch you around a corner. That's so mean. Well, we are Parababble, and we are here on a nice, gloomy-looking day at the studio. I said, this is going to set us up for our Halloween specials, huh? Ooh, this Halloween-y. Is Halloween. This is our first... First of a couple, huh? A couple. Yeah. Maybe a bonus one in there. There might be a bonus one. Of I our think. second annual Halloweeny episodes. Yeah, I don't remember what we did last year, but hey, we did demons time. and no, no. Did... Last year we did real life horror movies. Yeah, and we did an EVP versus... episode, yeah. I think, in October. Mm-hmm. Oh, where was I? You were there. Oh, mm-hmm. it's been that long. Yeah, how long have we been on the air? Well, in June it was a year. So we're past a year. Yeah. This year. is our second annual, so... So we're a year and a few months here? This is episode number 32. 32. Lucky 32. I don't think so, but sure. <laughs> I don't know. Three, five, I don't, I don't know where we're going with here. Seven. This comes into like our favorite time of the year then, too, because we get to talk about our favorite Krumpus during Christmas again. Have we learned anything new about that guy? No, no, no we can't but... do another episode on Krampus. Yes, we can. What are we going to do? Oh, to the Krampus. Are we just going to like take highlights from Remember the movie? Remember all those things that pooped during Christmas yes, that we talked about? it's pretty funny. Yes, the poopers. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas and poopers. It goes together so well. All right, so we're going to start this show because we've just been babbling like right, like dumbly. That's what we do. Um, okay. This is going to be our Halloween special. We're going to do some superstition. I'm Jeff. To my right, we have Rob. And to, well, not really to my, uh, straight ahead, I have Allison. Ooh, straight ahead. Straight ahead. You could and have said that we were anywhere, because nobody could see us. Well, for the, if they're in stereo. Surround sound. Oh, so we're everywhere? Well, they'd be able to tell on surround sound. Oh, we're not in surround? I thought well, we were if somebody's surround. listening in surround sound, they can. can we just click it to surround? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, we're right, surround. Can we talk about superstitions now? Sure. <laughs> Allison wants to get moving here. and So this is what we needed in the last episode when we were totally directionless and we were arguing about pictures for an hour. It worked, though. Did it? I think so. There's not, you know, there's no bloodshed. Yeah, I was mysteriously missing. I was hanging out with dogs in trench coats who were smoking cigarettes. Ah, uh, those damn dogs. 
I know. Don't be jealous. Did you think that photo was... Well, actually, I was in Brooklyn, so it's pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just hop in a skip. (laughs) There was a lot of strange things I saw there, too. (laughs) You were researching. (laughs) What picture are we talking about? That Stanley Hotel picture. Did you see it? No, I did not. I'll have to show you later. That's a good picture. And you could tell Jeff why he's wrong about it. Oh, good. I look forward forward to that. Won't happen. (laughs) That's the one we we kept going back and forth on. We couldn't get it. That's the one on the the stairs, the woman on the top of the stairs. Oh, yeah, that's crap. It is not crap. You didn't even see the picture. I don't need to. (laughs) Is it a a shadowy... no, uh, it's a transparent person with oh, shutter speed. Search, so I was just going to oh, say shutter speed. shutter speed. Well, I'm sticking to my flag, so it's real. That's okay. We need somebody to wave it. It was real. It was real. <laughs> we need someone to beat down. <laughs> well, Rob and I are trying to take it down, burn it, and stomp on it. Somebody's still going to try to carry it. I'm trying to put the ashes back together. I'm like, look, it's still up there. No, that's okay. Hey, you know what? I want to throw a shout out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We have to throw a shout out to our UK uh, paranormal crowd. Yeah, somebody, I just had three people buy my book in the UK, too. I've been working hard. Yeah, I do. What's the title of this book? I have two books. I have a guide for hunting ghosts, and I have a spiritual crossover. Um, But my guide for hunting ghosts book, for some reason, in Japan and the UK, sells very well. Yes. Japan. Japan. They buy my book. I don't you have know. an alternate version They're in probably like Japanese ghost hunting in a suicide forest over there. They might. I don't well, know. they got all those creepy Japanese girl ghosts. That is Japan, true. So they got to know what to do. But I literally just sold last week three copies of my book to people in the UK because I just got the notice. Well, let me tell you, we're getting a big following on Twitter from the UK uh, paranormal crowd. So is anybody and... willing to let us come over there and hang out with them? Hey, if we can find a place to crash, right? we're easy. We will broadcast live from the UK. We'll eat loaves of bread and drink water like in the olden days, and then we'll go ghost hunt with you. But I just want to throw a shout out because they've been really, I'm starting to see more and more of it. And, I, you know, I'm following them too, and we're getting some over-the-seas communication going, which is really great because they're out there doing it. Is there anybody in particular, or just you're giving a general shout out I'm just to giving UK. a general shout out to okay. the UK because I have so many coming up at me. So... Throw a shot out there. That's good. And those were our number one uh, listeners out there. Too. Across the pond. The pond. Number two country most listened to. Across the pond. And don't say anything that sounds like an Australian accent because that's <laughs> how we talk to. about the UK. I'm not try this time. <laughs> it becomes like cheerio, mate. We like have, we have people in Australia no. too, though. Do so, we? We do. Yeah, remember? How many? One, I two. Don't know. I don't know. I haven't checked the numbers by country in a while. We'll have to get on that. But I just want to throw a shot out. Nate, right there's your point. There's a proof in the pudding. Yeah. If you're selling out to... Uh... I don't know why. People in the U.S. don't tend to buy it, but people well, in the U.K. do. Like I said, Japan does. It's very strange. The people in the U.S., I think, are a little more full of themselves as far as ghost hunting goes. But not us. Yeah, no. Definitely We're open-minded us. and we're, we're low budget. We, we believe in a lot of different things and we're not above ourselves. Hey, um, shameless plug. There's a chapter called Paranormal Unity in my book. Unity. Yep. What does about it, unity across really the ponds? Exist. That's what I'm saying. Well, it might not here, but it might other places. It would yeah. be nice if it existed here. Okay, I think I got all the plugs out. Okay. I just wanted to give a shout out to the UK. And yeah. anyone else who's following us, you can reach us at Twitter, you can reach us at Facebook, Instagram. So they can send questions or comments to Twitter or to Facebook or yep. email and we'll read them? Yep. yep. At Parababble for everything. Uh, Parababble. Podcast at gmail.com is the email. There it is. Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher. 
if and even mama's homemade go. internet you could use wow that was like the kitchen sink the kitchen sink of social media and you can reach out to paratech too no you can't no it's defunct oh we're just gonna confuse them at this point i know it's fun yeah but mm-hmm. i'm not the only one that's written books either yeah a lot of people write books who else is written? You go to Barnes & Noble, like there's a ton of them there. No, who else that we know <laughs> in this very studio has I think, written a book? I think that one went whatever, the bald head. Are you bald head number one or number two? Well, I'm going to say I'm probably two. number two because you had a bald head before me. Okay. Okay, so Rob also wrote a book. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah I, I did. did. I did. What is it called? I don't remember. It's been a long time. Oh my God, we used to... Uh, he is old. old. now. Modern technology and paranormal research. There you go. What does it tell us? It tells you a lot of things about technology and how to use it to investigate paranormal activity, claims of paranormal activity. Claims. Yes. So we're not really going to say that it's real until... Could we use any of that technology to try to debunk superstitions? Yeah, uh, which one? We, we, we have a gadget for that? Um, <laughs> so, I'm sure, why not? All right. I'll, I'll, as we go through them, I'll point it out if we could debunk any of these. <laughs> this ought to be good. <laughs> With technology. Well, what do we got? <clears throat> well, you know how we always do this, right? Everybody takes the topic and figures out what angle they're going to look at it from, and we never tell each other beforehand, so it's always like fun Clueless. and interesting when we get here. I said fun and interesting. Jeff said clueless. <laughs> uh, no driver uh, at the wheel. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you guys did, but I kind of looked at this from the New England standpoint as far as like the origins of superstitions and that sort of thing. And I think it was because I've been watching American Horror Story. It's getting in your head, huh? And it is. So anyone that's like watching that without, you know, giving anything away, they're... Um, you know, this year it's called the Roanoke. We already solved that mystery a long time ago. How many episodes ago did we solve yeah. that one? <laughs> right. Where's the crickets when you need them? Um, but the, uh, you know, that kind of got me thinking about colonies and colonists and that sort of thing. So, um, I don't know. I wanted to just kind of look at that. Plus, it's Halloween time. And that makes me think of, like, places like Salem. You know? Hmm. I go yeah. with... Ladders, cats, broken mirrors. That's some of the common stuff. Yeah. But Superstitions. There's always an origin of where that stuff came from. Well, it'd be interesting to see if your ladder theory matches my ladder theory. And mine. And yours. Yeah. Well, as we found out doing this show, when we get our viewpoints Americanized, I'll say, a lot of times that means something else somewhere else. So we take our own version. When we learn it? St. Patrick's Day? We twisted the whole party thing. I don't remember Whereas, anything from St. Patrick's Day. Well, you were here. <laughs> I remember everything. <laughs> you were here technically manning the controls or face down on the controls. One of the two. We don't Leprechaun know. or Leprechaun. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? It does. Is it foggy? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times when we do this, we find out that what we think about over here is completely different coming from another source or origin or whatever so yeah we'll see just for the record i do walk under ladders okay so wait let's just figure this out what what did you get for the origin of walking under ladders oh we want to go there let's let's go let's hit this well, one first I have to look my notes up around here but do okay. we know why what where superstition all came from 
what started this big mess other than, hey, don't walk under a ladder because blah, 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 blah. But where did... Well, that, that's, they all have their own organs. Each, each part mm-hmm. does. But the whole idea behind superstition, um, it's people who are trying to control their own fate by performing certain acts and doing different things. Why am I getting giggled at here? No Already, reason. no reason. Continue. So that's some of the like the origin right there. That you want to believe in something, so you have a control of the unknown because we all hate the unknown. We like to know what we're doing in our lives. So that kind of is where it started back in the day. It's a Latin word. Um, we're past that. Okay. So walking under ladders. Yeah. I don't know. Why do, what, what do you have? I have to look up my notes okay. here. So I have, that's the first one on my list. So that one is, um, the origin of that is from ancient Egypt, where pyramids were sacred. So you think about the shape that a ladder makes up against a wall, you know, it's right. like a pyramid. So you're walking under it, you're walking through a pyramid. And so since pyramids were sacred in ancient Egypt, that's why it's bad luck, because it was considered a bad thing to do back then. Okay. Um, my whole theory of that is to not walk under a ladder that came from the witch hangings. So when the early colonists came here, they used to hang witches a lot, and they would kick them off the ladders, and the ladders would be leaning up against the tree. And the colonists believed that if you touched a witch before she died, that you would be cursed. And they thought that even after she died, that area could still potentially be cursed. So they avoided walking underneath the ladders. Okay. Mine's a little different. There's a theory that holds that superstition arises from Christian belief in the Holy Trinity. Since the ladder leaning against the wall forms a triangle, breaking that triangle was blasphemous. Hmm, Interesting. So which one's true? (laughs) I'm going with the safety aspect. Don't walk under a ladder because then you'll knock a painter off or something like that and somebody will get hurt. Well... I think that it's relative to who you're talking to. I mean, the Egyptians probably did think that. And the early colonists probably did think that. And I don't know who thought that. (laughs) I don't know who thought about the Holy Trinity in relation to the Uh, latter. Yeah, this one they said is, you know, it's a practical idea. Well, okay, but you really stepped out when you said Holy Trinity. So every time I see a ladder, I think of the Trinity. No, not really. I think of... It means I have to climb up and do work when I see a ladder. So I don't even think of that as a omen or a superstition. So the first one, we all each got different yep. origins. So pretty much anything any of us says from now until the end of the show could be complete bullshit. But in the big picture, <laughs> it's all still bullshit. Yeah, but it's the origins, I mean. <laughs> the origins. Yeah. It's not all bullshit. So no. I believe in some of it. Some of it I actually do. So you do have, like... I'm a very superstitious person. Give me an example. If I see the number 13 on a clock or something, I have to count 13 in my head twice until it gets 26. Because <laughs> I, I think it's bad luck otherwise. <laughs> do you think it's uh, I just... I throw salt over my shoulder. Um, after you take the shot? No. Oh. Like, if it gets spilled, I have to throw it over my shoulder. Then you're spilling more, though, aren't you? I never understood that one. Well, I found out what the origin was according to the early colonists, okay. but I always did it because I want the salt throwing. Mm-hmm. Because my, you know, my mom always did it. My grandmother always did it, so that's why I do it. Because it's bad luck otherwise. And I believe salt back in the day held some type of magical power, or at least they thought 
Well, the connotation there was that it was magical or... What I found out is that it had to do with... um, This was like... So a a lot of the research that I did about superstitions in New England, some of them were put in place because of what the colonists experienced here, but some of them came from England with them as like tradition and things like that. Okay. So um, the one for the origin of the salt had to do with brownies. You know, the little mischievous... Oh, oh not like that. Snacks. Yeah. I was going to no, say snacks. Like We're the in. little mischievous creatures that wreak havoc. They're similar to puck wedgies, correct? Yes, they okay. are similar to puck wedgies. So basically, um, the idea was that if you spill it, you should throw it over your left shoulder or into a fire so that the brownies would lick it up because they like salt, and then they would grant you good luck. So if you didn't do it, they would be angry, and it would bring bad luck. So we're using a superstition to gain luck. Uh-huh. Well, a lot of them are. I know. That just sounded... You break it down. Superstition yeah. equals Well, because you think luck. bad things are going to happen. So, like, a lot of the early colonists believe that when bad things happen, it was, like, directly related to the devil. Like, that's why mm-hmm. things happen. Yes, right? So, they would Demons. do stuff... Yeah. yeah. They would do stuff to, like, prevent themselves from, you know, having bad luck or being, you know, cursed or having evil befall them in some way. So it was like precautions that they would take so that those things didn't happen. Right. You know, the other thing that ties in with that is the thunderstorms, earthquakes. Mm-hmm. You know, back way back in the beginning of humanity, that's what they were thinking too. The the unpredictability of illness and food supplies, they tried to create something where they could understand. So if it rained, that meant one thing. If it, you know, sandstorm, wherever you're at, it meant another thing. So you start putting these hopes and beliefs into certain things and you formed a pattern. I think as societies grew, a lot of this stuff hung on from way back when and probably a lot of them disappeared too because there's so many things going on generation after generation that we lose it, you know, just like we lose a tradition. I don't know if you guys remember, but a while back we had a conversation about this stuff and Jeff, you had said something about a superstition that I believe it was your mom or your grandma that you never put shoes on a table. Yes. Yeah. I Ever since you told me that, I won't put any shoes on a table. Like my gym bag, if my gym bag has my sneakers on it, I won't put it on. And that's how anything. it starts. Yep. I, ha- I won't do it. That's how it starts. My it's daughter so just tried that the other day. I'm like, why do you not get that off the table? <laughs> She's like, what do you, it's bad luck. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to put it on the chair then. I'm like, no, the chair will get dirty. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. And that's, I was reading an article that's. Some of how it started. If Rob, if you came and said, oh, don't do that because of this, I'd be like, oh, I better not do that because Rob didn't do it. And then someone else sees me doing it. And this is how these build. But I was just told it was the, uh, you know, work of the devil. Or no, it was bad luck and kicking your legs under the table. Really? The superstition was if you just swung your legs under the table, it was the work of the devil. See, that I, sounds like something a parent made up to make their annoying kids stop yeah. kicking them under the table. Exactly. It's just a punch in the face is easier. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be the work of the devil. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's exactly right, and that's how they kind of these stories travel. Now, does it hold any truth? I don't. No. I don't think so. And some of them are like just absolutely ridiculous. Like um, I don't know. Some so through some of the stuff that I was reading, like Quakers thought that rats or mice um, were servants to the devil, so they wrote letters. And threats to them and left them where wait, they would find them. They were letters to the rats. I'm wait, I'm gonna read you one in a second. Oh. They would um, <laughs> so they thought that they had to leave it where the rats or mice because this is how they would get them to leave their house. 
Just politely write them a letter. Well, they, they weren't very polite. I'm, oh. I'm going to read you one from like the 1640s. Were they very stern with them? Yes. Okay. It's pretty ridiculous. It's making me think of a previous show we did, but go on, Allison. So they thought that if they left it where the rats or the mice were and the rats or the mice ate the note, that that's how they would understand it. Because, of course, they can't read. Um, Unless it was a mutated rat like Splinter from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So they, they also like thought that um, if a mouse fleed a house then a death would happen soon. And if they saw them fleeing a dock, that if there was a ship that was leaving, then it wouldn't return. So this is um, an actual letter that was found, uh, you know, like, you know, in the 1980s or so in a house that oh, had Jesus, been... Oh, Jesus, that was way back when. Oh, yeah, well... <laughs> it was found back then. Yes. The letter was written in, they believe, the 1640s. And the only reason why it survived was because it was made out of linen, and not some kind of parchment. So was this the Shroud of Jesus? Yeah, right. Oh, um, different show. Sorry. It was stuck in between like two panels of wood. And it had a piece over the top and a piece underneath it. So that's the only way that they think it was How preserved. How cool would that be just to find that? Not even what it is. Right. Just and they were it. actually able to like find, because the woman signed it. So they were able to like trace it back and all this kind of stuff. Um, so this woman wrote... I have been with you till my patience is all gone. I cannot find words bad enough to express what I feel, you black devils. You are gnawing our trace corn while we are asleep. And when we are awake, you have the audacity to set your infernal jaws to going. Now, spirits of the bottomless pit, depart from this place with all speed. Look not back. Be gone, or you are ruined. We are preparing water to drown you, fire to roast you, cats to catch you, and clubs to maul you. Quit here and go to Ike's Newt. I have no idea what that means. Um, a hint to the wise is sufficient. To the best and most inventive rat, Mrs. Weed. Her name was Emmy Weed. <laughs> so it was a pretty serious letter. She was kind of hostile about that. <laughs> they weren't getting out alive. Yeah. Yep. Clubbed. There'd be so nothing left. It says that the reason why the letter survived for you know that many centuries was that it was in a damp cellar. Um, the paper was made of linen, was covered by a second blank piece of paper. Unfortunately for Mrs. Weed... The letter probably didn't work for it was never actually eaten, which means the rats never understood it. Ah. So. So she probably lived with rats. She probably did. Rats outsmarted them. But I thought that was pretty funny that, you know, they're the servants of the devil. So the only way to get them out is to write them mean, nasty letters. (laughs) Wasn't that like the Pied Piper? Leading the rats led led the Pied Piper to the the rats led the march. That's a different story. Well, the Pied Piper led the march. The Wasn't there followed. rats and stuff going with him too? Yeah, that's how he got him out. He played this, right. played his pipe, and they followed him, and then he drowned them all. So they went that way with the pipe pipe. They didn't go with Mrs. Weed. Right. I think it'd just be cool to find that. Yeah. I, I whatever it says, cool. yeah, yeah. But just finding something like that. But that's more me on a treasure hunt. But hey. So. Um. These. Uh, superstitions, though, we can only. We can only plant so much in them in, in hopes that it works. Well, yeah, and I think what that says, you know, that particular example is something that was a problem that they figured out how to try to solve it, you know, using like that supernatural kind of theory behind it. Like, really, you probably could have just got a cat, killed them. <laughs> but if you really thought that they were these supernatural beings, like, it makes sense that you would need this weird way to get rid of them. You know, because otherwise, why wouldn't you have just... Well, Indians do rain dances. Taking care of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. For better crops. But I'm finding that these colonists were very superstitious people. Like, they had a lot of crazy superstitions. And some of them were intentionally man-made when they got here, but others weren't. Like, they had a lot of stuff with ships, too. Like, a lot of, like, crazy things that they thought about ships. Um, and it probably was because, you know, coming over from England, it was pretty treacherous. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of bad things that could potentially happen. Um, but they had this whole thing that ministers or holy men were not allowed to board a ship because they thought that if they came on board, then their presence would rile up the devil and it would make the journey that much harder or take that much longer or become that much more treacherous. Makes sense. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't you have them there for protection? <laughs> no, it riled up the devil. They were afraid yeah, th- of the then devil. Then why do you have so a priest to protect you? The devil's more powerful. No. Well, according not, to I'm what they thought. It. No. <laughs> Everyone's um, like, yeah, it makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so cracking a bottle on the bow for good luck. You know yes. how people do that? So that actually came from the pagan tradition that when they would build boats, they would put an altar and they would pour wine and oil over the bow because that was supposed to be an offering to the goddess of the sea to protect. Makes sense. To protect the ship. Does that make sense, Rob? That makes sense. Okay. So when Christianity came in and paganism went out, they started calling it christening the ship. So of we course. just downsized to a bottle over it and good yep. luck. Yep. Didn't work for the Titanic. So that's where that whole superstition came from. Um, you know, it was really interesting to learn about like the how they, they thought women on ships were really, really bad luck. Like they never wanted women on ships, but yet they refer to ships as she all mm-hmm. the time. Um, there was a interesting thing about the, you know, like the figureheads that are on ships from the old days that are always like maidens and that sort of thing. So that also harkens back to the early pagan times, the goddess of the sea that was supposed to meant to protect the vessel. But you want to hear something really creepy? Sure. So early pagans built altars and doused ships with wine and oil. But do you know what the Vikings did? They peed on it. Did it involve blood? Oh, yes, it did. They took it a step further. They would actually crush a person underneath the logs that they used to get the ship out into the water for the first time as an offering, as a sacrifice. Who gets that job? (laughs) The guy that didn't do the most work on the ship helped build the whole thing. It took months and months and years to build it. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You're the shithead in the group. Uh, You're going. You know what, though? They were so messed up in the head that that was probably like a huge honor. If you were going to die that way... That was probably, like, a big a big deal. Yeah. No. Like, I bet you people probably did it voluntarily. Put, take me. Yeah. Take me. Yeah. Like, I want to I be the one. <laughs> Let me be the fifth roller. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> no. But I was like, oh, that's a little creepy. That's a little no. extreme. That is extreme. And, but, that's, but that's what the whole lore is. You know, that's just back then. I mean, now uh, our superstitions today, I think, are really small. In comparison to how we used to be, you know. Well, they all kind of originate from way back when, you know. Right, and the the stronger belief. But everything, I think, today is so watered down because there's so many different things in society in today's world that, you know, yeah, we're still going to have people who are superstitious and listen to certain stories and be like, all right, I can't do this. Ooh, the 13th, you know, the ones you hear about all the time. But I think over time, like anything, either it's going to grow or it's just going to completely dissipate and i think a lot of superstitions went out the window i'm sorry but every time you say the word superstition all i can think of is stevie wonder song oh stevie 
It's just, it's done. <laughs> we should have got him on the line. It's done for me. Did you hear anything about the colonists as far as, like, horse hanging horseshoes? I do. Because I think mine is probably going to be the same as what yours is going to be. You think so? Probably. Why don't you uh, explain what yours is, and then I'll, I'll see. Okay, so hanging a horseshoe, all right, set up for good luck. Um, I got that it originated during the Middle Ages, where witches were known to fear horses. And so... They believe that they would shy away at any sign of a horse. So that's why they would hang the horseshoes. Do you want to hear the legend of the blacksmith? Sure. That created the first horseshoe in this manner? So legend has it that there was a blacksmith named Dunstan who was approached by the devil to make iron shoes for his own hoofs. But Dunstan tricked the devil and made him an iron chain instead with which he chained the devil to the shop wall. The devil was furious, but Dunstan refused to let him go unless he promised never to enter a building that had a horseshoe hanging over the front door. The devil reluctantly agreed, but insisted that the horseshoe must be nailed pointing up and not down for him to stay away. Blacksmith Dunstan agreed, and they shook hands on it. But the blacksmith, later known as St. Dunstan, still refused to make the devil horseshoes for his hoofs. So that's like a little bit of the story that came along, but I have the exact same thing as you do. That it was hung so it would keep witches away. You know what's a really interesting thing about this too that I didn't know? Did you hear about the Colts football team in relation to this? No. So when the Colts football team was organized first in the late 20th century, and I'm not a football person so I don't know exactly when it was, but the symbol on their helmets um, has always been a horseshoe. Mm -hmm. And after losing their first few professional football games, a fan noticed that the horseshoe on the players' helmets was facing down. So... That obviously was a symbol of bad luck. So the helmets were painted over with the horseshoe then pointing up. And it's been that way ever since. That's cool. And they've won the Super Bowl every year since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. Yeah. It's not only not been that good, but supposedly it made it better. So. You want to hear what my horseshoe says? <laughs> uh, some people believe in order to bring good luck and keep nightmares away... You must hang a horseshoe in the bedroom or on a doorknob with its ends pointing upwards. This belief stems from the fact that a horseshoe has seven holes, which is considered to be a lucky number, and is made of iron, so it supposedly ward off evil spirits that may haunt you in your dreams. Interesting. Hmm. Does anyone actually have a horseshoe that is hanging somewhere at their house? Funny you should say. No. I do. I have one on my hockey stick. When I used to play hockey... I had a horseshoe. I had a really good... Someone gave it to me. I had a really good game, so I taped it through my handle. And for a while there, I was having really good games, so I stuck with it. I have one that we found when we moved into the house. And we put it on a tree in our backyard. And the tree is actually starting to grow around it now, which is kind of cool. It's like in between two branches. But I always... And I never knew the origin of it, but I had always been told that you hang it you know, upside down like that because that holds the luck in. And if you hang it so that it the points down, the luck drains out. Just ask the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> or the Lucky Charms Leprechaun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What were the uh what was the little creatures we did for Christmas? That's another superstition that pooped. They would do it for good crops. Cagnar? Yes, yes. Cagnar. Yep. There's another superstition. Yep. Get it out there. That whole episode really was like Christmas superstitions. It was. It was odd Christmas. Superstitions. I liked it. So, yeah, there's all kinds of superstitions. I mean, we're, we're just touching on some of these, but 
think about like all the ones in third world countries that we probably never even touched upon or anything like that. How about the number 13? Because we've brought it up a couple times. Did you guys get anything for that one? I have stuff. I think it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I know Allison has to count count until it hits 26. Which is crazy because 13, like I consider that to be a really lucky number, but I don't know. Well, Brad, what do you got? Well, I got the number 13 is unlucky because it comes from Norse mythology. uh, From a time when there was 12 gods that were having a dinner party. And then a 13 god, Loki, came by and he crashed the party and killed Balder, the god Balder. 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 Loki killed Balder. I guess Thor wasn't there to stop him. Oh. So that. Yeah, you know, there's a couple basic ones in here saying that, you know, it's just illness and evil. But it is listed in one of the lists that I pull up. 13, of course, it's 13. It's the number one superstition of all time. Is it? Yeah. And, uh... We never go camping on Friday the 13th. Just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. (laughs) No, um... It dates, it dates back to the 1800s. Uh, Friday is long considered an unlucky day according to Christian tradition. Jesus died on a Friday, and 13 has a long history as an unlucky number. Um, this is pulled up from a stress management center in North Carolina. Um, many people fell prey to human minds, desire, associate thoughts, and symbols with events, which was the 13th. Uh, if anything bad has happened to you on the 13th, the two will be forever associated in your mind. So, you know, black cats in the 13th, I, I would probably put two together like that for me if I ever had to put a pairing together. I think that would be it. Um, yeah, it is kind of bad luck in that sense for you know, 13th. So I just have some interesting little tidbits. So the British have tried to pass off fear of the number 13 as pure superstition. Until in World War II, they could find but few volunteers to man ships and submarines designated as number 13. Uh, The French, on the other hand, are openly suspicious of that number, and hardly a home in France or French Canada will be numbered 13 on a street. They will most likely display the number 12 and a half instead. Now I kind of want to go to France to look at that. Many buildings in America do not have 13th floors. Yeah, I thought that I was going to mention that. Like hotels? Yep, some hotels hotels do not have a number 13 room. No 13 floors, no 13th room. Ships, including modern ocean liners, are often not allowed to leave port by their owners or captains on a Friday the 13th. 13 guests sitting at a dinner table is considered unlucky. The belief being that one at the table will die before the year is out. So you better come with a partner. (laughs) Yeah. This (laughs) latter superstition may stem from 13 being present at Christ's Last Supper. Uh, Yet the pagans prior to Christ feared the number 13 as well. The Vikings, before ever hearing of Christ, considered 13 seated at a banquet table to be an evil omen. In colonial days, bakers who were often tried to cheat the public by raising prices of loaves of bread had their ears pinned, and some were even hanged. Thus, good bakers tried to make amends for their untrustworthy peers by giving 13 loaves of bread or cakes for the price of a dozen, today known as the baker's dozen. Oh, the baker's dozen came from something evil. That's the one good 13 thing. (laughs) It is, isn't it? So, Christ died on a Friday. 
right? Um, which you know is usually considered to be lucky, but again, it kind of has that Friday the Thirteenth thing hanging over it. it. Yep. Um, I should play that Friday song. But I'm gonna like dispel this all for you, right? About Friday the Thirteenth. So Friday in the number Thirteenth should be considered lucky by Americans and especially New Englanders. Columbus sailed from Spain on a Friday and discovered America on a Friday. He first set foot on North American soil on Friday, June 13th, mm. 1498. Um, the year before that, John Cabot sighted Newfoundland on a Friday, uh, but his North American discovery never did count because he thought he was in China. So Columbus still gets all the glory. <laughs> oh, he's so upset. <laughs> um, Bartholomew Goslin left England to explore and settle in New England for a few months on Friday, March 6th, 1602, and landed in... Kennebuck, Maine, on a Friday. Um, there were three voyages that started on a Friday. Two years after that, they discovered Mount Desert Island in Maine. So there's a lot of, you know, There's a lot 13s. of mystique around that whole... Yeah, that aren't necessarily too bad. But do you think as time goes on, the Friday th- scenario, of course you're going to have more stuff going on because it's just society keeps growing. Um, the Star Spangled Banner was written on Friday, September 13th. Uh, our flag has thir- had 13 stripes. Right. Our symbol, the eagle, carries 13 arrows in one claw. And in an olive branch, there are 13 leaves in the other. Um, Fridays and the number 13, it seems, have been li- very lucky for America. So it goes both ways. Yeah. It just depends what fence you're going to stand on. Well, and I had heard that Friday the 13th was bad, started originally because of um, the whole thing that happened with the Knights of Templar. I heard that too. Yeah. So Constantine sent out, you know, the order to have the Templars all killed. Right. And it happened to be Friday, the 13th of some month. Wasn't he the demon hunter? Not that Constantine. <laughs> the Emperor Keanu. Constantine. <laughs> it was Reeves. He was but coming because down it the was clouds. Such a, but because it was such a bloodbath, and it basically forced the Templars to go into hiding after that, the that's one of the ways that Friday the 13th came down as being so unlucky. But you said for America, it seems to be lucky. Yeah. So what do we all wait for during our work week? Fridays. Fridays. Drink on. It's Friday. It's the weekend. It's party time. It's always held in a, a good light until you actually hit the 13th on a Friday. You know, for just the people out there who generalize and don't get too deep into this like we do sometimes. Right. I think Fridays have always been, like, thumbs up in my book. See, what I would be interested to know is if we have listeners in other countries, if things like what we're talking about even pertain to them. Like, do they even think about Friday the 13th as being unlucky? They don't have Fridays. Or is that just... They go from Thursday to Saturday. (laughs) Or is that just, like, an American thing? You know, I, I don't know. I never really thought about that, like, across, you know, other cultures and things like that. True. If we and, have anybody listening in France, can you please tell us if your house is number 13 or number 12 and a half? 12 and a half. That would be really cool to yeah. have. Well, it makes me think of Potter and the nine and three quarters platform. Okay. <laughs> so we're into quarters and halves. Yeah. I, I personally like Friday the 13th. I, I find it funny. But do you guys go out of your way when it's Friday the 13th to look for things that might be a little suspicious? Maybe subconsciously. No, because I tend to or think it's a good luck day. You go, oh, it's Friday the 13th. And everyone goes, oh, it's Friday the 13th. And you get every stupid joke that yeah. there is. Yeah. But do you sit back and just go, I'm waiting for that black cat to cross my path? Or 
you know, you walk down a hallway, oh, there's a ladder. Hmm. Do you guys look for that? Did I anyone just... get the origin of the black cat? I kind of did. I don't um, believe it so much, though. I think it was Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> he started it all, and I'd like to thank him. <laughs> well, yeah. I got that it was actually considered good luck for, like, the longest time. But it changed when uh, King Charles I, his black cat died. And he mourned over the death of it. And he decided that his good luck had run out because this black cat died. And where was that king from? I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. I'm going to go with England. King Charles I. Yeah, I believe that he was from England, which would make sense as to why the colonists would think that those things would automatically happen. That's funny how it switched to black cats. with witches. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole lure of... Cats even goes back to like Egyptian time, you know. They're yeah, supposedly they were, tied into that. Well, they were royalty. I mean, they were like the embodiment of. Is that why cats act like assholes? Now? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They Something act like that. assholes. Like, they think they own the house. And I'm sorry, is that a personal rant? But yes, it is. <laughs> they walk around tail up. Like <laughs> I've been around a lot longer than you, bitch. And it's like okay, but the black cat, like I can understand. I could. You don't see that many black cats cross your path, so I could see the argument for wow. Black cat, that's good luck. I, you never see those cross your path. Mm-hmm. Then on the flip side, you still don't see a lot of them, but when they do, it's like, ooh, bad luck. Again, how do you take your superstition? Do you take it, you know, light or dark? See, I, mean, I have a black cat in my neighborhood, so I take it as good luck because otherwise I think I would have bad luck all the time. And if it was bad luck all the time, you'd probably run it over. Maybe. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> I, write, no, I just write a letter to it and leave it with some food. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, don't be silly now. That's for rats. <laughs> well, same thing almost. Why wouldn't it work? Make sure you have a carb- carbon copy of it. Cats can't read. They can too. <laughs> Mine do. So um, I got a couple, like, I was just bobbing around the internet, and you said if there was anybody out there that came up, like, across the seas, the ponds, whatever, that have their own idea of uh, superstitions that they believe in or their Fridays. Um, Do you ever hear the groaning cheese for a newborn? No. No. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. Um, basically, back in the medieval days, when a woman got pregnant, she would make up a big rind of cheese. And what the families would do and friends would come over every day and they would eat the cheese and make it last for nine months. So by the time she was ready to have a baby, the whole center of the cheese was eaten out. You'd only have the rind on the outside. The baby was born. They put the baby through the rhyme for good luck. And it was, I think it was an early Christian belief. And it's called groaning for the cheese. Because when she was groaning during pregnancy, they put the baby, as soon as the baby was born, they put him through the cheese. See, I think people just wanted an excuse to eat cheese. For oh, nine months. I have a question. <laughs> I'm not answering your question, Rob, because it's going to be totally like, what? So when these people ate the cheese... Who was the one that cut it? <laughs> uh, everybody? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I do have some things about children as far as superstitions go. Oh. So the, <laughs> They have red eyes and white hair. We're in trouble. <laughs> so the early colonists had a lot of like beliefs about all of this stuff, a lot of superstitions. Um, they thought that if a newborn boy smiled when he first saw his father, he would become a lawyer or a preacher. 
Um, and it was expected that every Puritan family that the firstborn son become a preacher. Shysters. Yeah. If the baby lifts his hands to his father, he'll be a leader of men. If he sneezed, he would become very wealthy. Um, the Scots even had a poem concerning the future of every child born on every day. Have you ever heard this before? No. So Monday's child is fair of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is dour and sad. Don't be born on Wednesdays. That was bad news. Thursday's child is merry and glad. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child must work for a living. And the child that is born on Sabbath day is wise and bonny, good and gay. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Yeah. Do we know what days we were born on? I, we don't, but you could look it up. <coughs> Let me look that up. Um, I was born on Saturday. Were you? You were born on a Saturday. You know that for a fact? Yep. So you must work for a living. I do work for a living. <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> what day were you born on, Allison? Um, my actual birthday? Yeah. Uh, I'll, are you looking up yours? Yeah, I'm looking up mine. What I'll do you got, Rob? Mine. Let's entertain people. Well, I already know I'm Saturday. Yeah, I know, but... Do you want me to throw out some more superstitions? Do you, you got any superstitions about kids? I don't have any superstitions about kids, but I have one about uh, shooting stars, which is kind of related to kids, because kids wish upon shooting stars, right? Sure. So you know where that originated from? No. The first century belief, or theory, I should say, that shooting stars were actually gods looking down on Earth. So they would, like, wish to the shooting star, but they think it was the god. So what do you guys got for what day of the week you were born? (laughs) I was born on Thursday. So Thursday's child is merry and glad. Now would be a good time to have the song. Thank God it's Friday. You were born on a Friday? Friday song. <laughs> yep. You were you are loving and giving. Aw, thank yep. you. Rebecca Black Friday. <laughs> the first thing that came up. This is what you're getting. No, the internet sensation. Wasn't she the internet sensation? Like she put that song on the internet just out of the blue and it blew up. Yep. And then where's she today? Well, maybe her... Pro- what, did she upload it on a Friday, though? I gotta wonder. Oh. Find maybe out what day she what was doing on. So, Friday. So, you were Thursday, Allison? Yep. Which was what? Thursday's child is merry and glad. So, you're merry and glad. I'm happy and giving. Rob, you were born on a Saturday, you said, right? He's yep. the child that must work for a living. Okay. You're gonna be a laborer. You're gonna have to work. We're gonna smile and be happy. Yep. <laughs> but at least none of us were born on a Wednesday, because then we would be dour and sad. Oh, I know quite a few people. You should find out if they were actually born on Wednesday. <laughs> they probably are. I don't even have to look into it. I go, oh, you're a Wednesday baby. <laughs> you're a little late, but maybe you made it to the party. <laughs> this is for all the Friday babies. That song's kind of old. Old? The song is, yeah, because that was like... A hundred million views. Jesus. They almost have as many views as the most popular episode of Prairie Rebel. That, which is what? 200 million. I know, but what show is it? I don't know. Mothman. I was... <laughs> I have never even heard this before. Yeah. No? No. Jeff's day, Jeff's day. Nope. Yeah, no, me neither. I I only knew it within the last couple of years because someone said that you've never heard that song. I'm like, no. So, okay. 
So do you want to hear a couple more things about superstitions about children before we move on past this? Sure. Okay. Um, so the stork brings babies. That was the cowardly way of explaining birth to children. Um, that comes from the Germans and the Dutch who immigrated from Europe, uh, where they used to have storks that would often nestle on their rooftops. Um, unfortunately, many young girls in colonial times believed that story until their wedding night. And if a child was born dead or stillborn, as was the term, it was sometimes buried under the front door of a house as a warning to the ever-present demons lingering there. That's just a way to create hauntings. Right? Um, the Irish and Scots also warned pregnant women to keep the baby close to them at all times immediately following birth, for fairies love to steal newborn babies. Fairies do? Yeah, fairies. Mm -hmm. They can carry newborns? I, they can do a lot of things. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. They're like uh, honey badgers. Yeah. Neither the demons at the front door nor the fairies, it seems, were interested in girl babies, only boys. And as an added protective device, um, it was said that you should wrap a baby in a blanket of blue. <laughs> I thought you said wrap. I was like, wrap them in the head. No. <laughs> it's like, bank. For evil spirits <laughs> feared the color blue. So it's kind of interesting that blue is always associated with boys. And Oh, you know what my favorite color is? Is it blue? It is blue. Well, there you go. It's a good protection color. Blue is also the color of heaven. Um, and even in the Arab world, front doors were painted blue to close out anything evil that might pass by their homes. And I don't know if you've ever seen, like, in the South, um, they paint a lot of their ceilings sky blue. Keep the spirits out for the same reason. Mm. Like, if you see an old house like that's, like, true Southern house, a lot of times they'll have their ceilings painted, like, skies, or they'll be painted sky blue. Interesting. Um, pink blankets and pink clothes are given to girl babies because it is the color of sweet-smelling and beautiful New England pink rose. So there you go. Hmm. Mm -hmm. wow. Kind of interesting, right? Kind of puts a new spin on painting baby boys' rooms blue. And where it came from, the superstitions. Yeah, to keep so the, the fairies from stealing them. Got to keep the, the demons out. Got to keep the fairies from stealing them. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to picture a fairy like, that's not superstitious putting a baby at all. on the back. No, that's just crazy. Sense. It's just crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> the colonists lived in crazy town. <laughs> I got a, I got a, well, you got one, Rob? I don't know. Do I have any more? No. Um, anything interesting? That's the question. We did black cats. We did horseshoes. We did 13. Oh, how about holding your breath while passing by a cemetery? Oh my god, I still do this. Yeah. I really do. You I've keep... heard of it? It's so the spirits don't get in your body. Yep. <laughs> you could inhale those, their souls. Yes, I still do this. I've done it since I was a kid. What if Sometimes... you go by like, a really long cemetery? It's hard. Or, well, or you, know what, you know what I used to do if it was like taking forever? I would start to breathe out slowly. And as long as I didn't suck Go in, in the air before I got to the end of it, I was okay. I've no, I've heard of that. I've never done it. And I think maybe I, once or twice in my lifetime I've actually heard that story. I was always told when, yeah, it's just a respect thing. It's not a superstition thing. Um, when you go into a cemetery, you turn off your radios in your car just to show respect for the dead. Maybe that was... that's why I can't ghost hunt in a cemetery because I'd have to hold my breath the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd die. You'd be blue. Out. I would be. Which is, you know. Protection. Protection. So that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Do we know where that came from? Um, Native American lore. Native American? That's what I got. That you would uh, inhale the, their souls. That came from Nancy Remsen, my mother. <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting. Any of the listeners out there that were under 25 years old right now, I'll give them that one. 25. 
they've ever heard that story about holding your breath. I don't know. You like, think that's one of those things that just kind of slipped generational. aside, generational, and went away? It very much could. Well, be. you two knew right away. Did you know this before you looked it up? I had heard it. You'd heard it. You knew it. Oh, I've yeah. heard of it. So that just goes to show how old you are, Rob. I know. I don't know. I probably learned it by going on like a road trip with you, though. Quick! Why is Allison not it. breathing? She's like, <laughs> I do some weird things. I also have face up weird... against the window in the car. I have this weird superstition, and this came from Scott Remsen, my father, who every time we see a, we see a sign for a deer, you have to do the hoof, so that way you don't hit a deer. That I've never heard of. Yeah, and I'm gonna knock on wood. Why do you knock on oh. wood? I'm gonna tell you why in a second, but I just I did it why. because. Um, yeah, that's always been the thing. So every time, if you ever drive anywhere with me and you pass one of the deer signs, and you're hooving it out, I always do. I, I do <laughs> that. Just that, like it's very oh, subtle. I want to see you come with your hands off the steering wheel, like no, you pow, need your hands like, on the steering wheel for a couple two seconds, just like <laughs> like a praying mantis. I yeah, I was gonna say, Rob, I don't think they look like quite like that <laughs> with the little hoof prints, both of them. Yeah, but my dad always used to do that, so I still do that. Oh, That's I just I just strange. slow up and go, please, please don't jump out of the woods. I also have a weird one where I have to pick up one foot when I go over a railroad track. Like if I'm driving in the car and I go over the railroad tracks, I have to pick up at least one foot. You can't have both feet touching when you go over the railroad tracks. I've never heard of that one. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> is this something just, you started? It's just something I've done since I was a kid. So well, you're creating your own superstitions now. <laughs> well, yeah, but here's, you know, I've touched on I'm some sure article. I'm sure it probably came from somewhere, but. That some of these superstitions can actually be part of OCD and how you do things. And there's a study going on to see where that balance is. You know, like I said, I learned certain superstitions and stuff like that through my family. Yeah. I didn't necessarily go, uh. I mean, I'm sure that somebody probably said something at some point, and that's why, you know. Right. It's just become like a thing, because it'll bring bad luck. I don't know why. Right. So I just do it. I don't like bad luck. Bad luck's bad. <laughs> I'd rather have good luck, so I try to avoid having bad luck. You know, but there is some reality. I would say there's some reality to superstitions. I mean, don't stick your hand in hot water. It's going to burn. I mean, okay, it's not a superstition. That's a fact. And there's another thing, you know, that, you know, the pseudoscientists out there who try to prove, like, what is actually a superstition versus a science and a fact. So I just Googled, I just started typing in pick up foot over. And the second thing that pops up says pick up feet over railroad tracks. That's because all our listeners are probably. It didn't fully come up. It says, uh, let's see. Over a railroad track, you must pick up your feet. Whenever driving over railroad tracks, everyone in the car, pick up your feet or lose your boyfriend. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. She must lift up her feet or she will not get... So, I mean, there's something to it. So somebody must have told me something at some time when I was, like, a kid. Yeah, this is, like, uh, the University of Detroit has a whole thing on folklore archive, and it's in there. So there must have been something that happened at some point that I heard or I read or something happened. So Maybe in a past it. life. Oh my God, could you imagine? Because <laughs> now that you say that, I do believe that there was a whole story about um, a married couple that was on a train in their honeymoon. And she it's the story of the yellow ribbon. This is where this came from. So have you ever know. heard the story of the yellow ribbon? Nope. It's a ghost story. So it was a it was a couple. That Did they were on put powder on their trunk and the kids no. pushed them over the railroad track? She leaned out <laughs> the window of the train and was decapitated. 
And he was so destroyed by it that he put her head back on and tied it on with a yellow ribbon. Wait a minute. That fixes everything. <laughs> Hold up. So now I have to look up the story of the yellow ribbon. Well, I'm telling you, it's wait, like an old ghost we story. We tie a yellow ribbon around a tree. Why is that? To bring our soldiers home safely. Tie a yellow ribbon around yeah. the old oak tree. Yeah. If you still want me. Oh, so that might have a different meaning. But they took the yellow ribbon and they, they wrap them around the trees. And they usually go down the street if there's a um, someone who's in the armed forces who's away. And they want them to come back safely. They tie a yellow ribbon around the tree. Huh. So, Rob, you like chewing gum? Yeah. Okay, well, don't do it at night in Turkey. I don't think I ever have, so... Okay, in case you do. Okay. They will take that as a sign that you are eating rotting dead flesh. And, uh... But what if I am eating rotting dead flesh and I'm not actually chewing gum? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Now you just turned it around. Well, anyway, that's what they think in Turkey. But only at night. So you can chew gum during the day, apparently. It's gum, but mysteriously at night it becomes rotting flesh. Yeah. Well, you know, they got zombie issues over in Turkey, so they're just a little extra cautious. There's always zombie issues. And Allison is looking on her. It's a spooky Wisconsin story. The yellow ribbon. So Jane wore a yellow ribbon around her neck every day. And I mean every day, rain or shine. It goes into this whole thing about this guy who fell in love with this girl who wore this yellow ribbon and this yellow dress. And then at some point he finds out that the whole reason why she has the ribbon is to keep her head on. It's an old ghost story. I was going to say, it's an old ghost story. Yeah. I've, I've seen it done with yellow now that I'm thinking about it. And I've seen it done with black because the gentleman, the husband, wanted to take it off and she wouldn't let him yep. do that. Yep. She didn't have you to wear the that? yellow ribbon around her neck anymore. Yeah. So it's pretty It's pretty crazy how like something that was very, like you know, not probably that big a deal kind of changed that whole thing. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the knocking on wood before Absolutely. we uh, wrap up? Sure. Oh, and the wishbone. The wishbone. Yes. Do you have anything about the wishbone? I heard something. I didn't write anything down about it. Do you about have anything chickens? about the wishbone? I just take it off the turkey and we dry it out and then we split it for Do you know why you do that? For good luck for the new year. You know why you do that? The turkeys have powers. Because gobble, when gobble. people first started carving up turkeys, they didn't understand what the function of the wishbone was. It didn't make any sense. And it wasn't until, like, people actually started doing research on it, like, later, later, later on that they found out that it has to do with, like, the way the turkeys breathe. It's very bizarre. So it's not, like, your typical bone. So right, they thought it's... that it had some kind of, like, hmm. special thing to it. So if I got one with a wishbone, I was having good luck? Well, every turkey has a wishbone. So then I have good luck. you got to break it, and if you, you get the bigger yeah. half, then you got the good luck. You never right. do that? You put your both thumbs on it, and then yep. you break it? Yeah. Yep. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they didn't know what the heck it was for. So, so they didn't know what it was, it was so they made they just made up their own. Yeah, they were like, break it, it's good okay, luck. Okay, it's like thumb wars, but with a wishbone. Right. I got the bigger one, guess what, I win. So, eh. All right, so knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. Knock, knock, knocking on wood. That's not really wood, but sort of. No, it's not. It okay, so I have that it comes from the Celtic Druids, who believe that the power of the gods were stored in oak trees. So touching or knocking on the wood would basically give you the positive energy that was in the trees. So that evolved from that belief to people actually carrying around pieces of wood, chunks of wood. And when they would be, you know, in a situation where they thought there was danger, they would knock on the wood in order to have the, you know, power and protection. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I have something similar to that. I mean, 
yeah, you knock on the wood for luck to appease the wood spirits to keep them happy. So if you got a, I don't know, whatever you're doing, and you knock on a counter that's made out of wood, you're keeping them happy and the druids too, or however they set that up. I never knew what that was. I just like oh, I just do it for luck, but I never knew until yeah. I researched this. My husband's got it. He even takes it a step further. He actually knocks on wood, but he does it in threes. So he has to do one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. There's a whole, there's, I got a little thing here on threes. <laughs> Three knocks of threes. Bad luck yep. comes in threes. Three is also a very, is a very, like, magical number, though. The belief too. that bad luck comes in threes is a classic example. A couple, <clears throat> a couple things go wrong, and believers may start to look to the next bit of bad luck. A lost shoe might be forgotten one day, but seen as the third in a series of bad breaks. We always next. say that death comes in threes. That's another one I've always mm-hmm. heard. You know, if you know someone that's passed on somewhere down the line, you're going to hear two more. And uh, that gets a little creepy. But three is an overall very powerful number. It's powerful in, like, magic. It's the sign of the Holy Trinity. You know, the yeah. father, the son, that whole thing. So it depends on, like, which way you look at it for it to be considered. How do you feel about the mirror? Lucky or unlucky. That's bad luck. The you soul, break a mirror. Soul seven, breaking? seven years of bad luck, break a mirror. Hmm. Bad news. Bad news bears. Yeah, that's something to that effect. You know, a fractured soul. You yeah. know, the mirror steals it. And, you know, back in the day, they thought when uh, in the wars, when they took a picture of you and they got it, they actually held it. They owned your soul because they, they the uh, image of you, they physically held in a um, film. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, there's one big one, that, the glaring one that we didn't even touch on. Step on a crack, you break your mother's back. Yep. Devo. <laughs> Find a penny, pick it up, so the rest of the day you'll have good luck. Good luck. Um, only if it's heads up. I don't pick it up if it's not heads up. I won't touch it. I don't touch it anyway, because it's a penny and they're worthless. <laughs> <laughs> um, if a penny falls in my house and it is face down, I won't touch it. What if you dropped it? I still won't touch it. Even when I go to take them out of my wallet, I'm conscious about which ones are heads up and which ones aren't. That's OCD. It might be, but <laughs> I can't. don't want any bad luck. <laughs> I pick them up. It doesn't matter. A hundred pennies is a hundred pennies, right? It is. It's a dollar. <laughs> it's a dollar. <laughs> it might be a free dollar that I got. But I don't know. a lot of pennies you got to pick up for a dollar, though. So what about if your nose itches, you're going to kiss a fool or have a fight... If your palm's itchy, you're going to come into money. That's not true, because my palm's been itchy for a while. And Give I them a penny. A <laughs> See, we get bonuses at work, and sometimes we haven't had one in a really long time, but I swear my hands get, my palms get itchy. Earlier today. I know something's coming. My palm was itching earlier today. So you're going to come into some money. We'll have to see. Did you play the lotto or anything? No, I usually don't. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. Yep. The biggest one out there. Six, six, six. Oh, I don't believe in that. How do we not believe in that? <laughs> do you believe in that? I don't believe in that because that has to do with like... The number of the beast? Religion. So I don't believe in it. I would play that song, but I think we did already for the demon episode. We did. Oh, but do you want to hear like the craziest um, family tradition, superstition that we have? This is actually kind of interesting and I don't know where it originated from, but it's been happening in my family since forever. On your birthday, when you go to eat your birthday cake, you can't talk until you're done eating your cake. If you do talk, your wish won't come true. Hmm. So people well, in my family will try to get you to talk while you're eating your cake. 
Like they'll say things to you to, to like try to get you to say something. Doesn't that cancel out blowing out the candles and making a wish? Well, you do that, but if you if you talk, your wish won't come true. So I have no idea how that originated, but that's been like forever. So you do that? My grandparents. You won't eat when you start your piece of cake for your birthday? You're not supposed to talk. Do you? No. You cut that piece of birthday cake and you get it. You can't eat. You can't talk until you're done eating that piece of cake. How do we feel about this? This sounds like another situation where kids were being really loud when they were young, kicking their feet under the table, yeah. eating cake, mm-hmm. <laughs> all sugared up. <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got out there? Is that? I mean, there's so many crazy ones, and it's nuts how like they're all crazy. You know, like the origins of how things happen and what people think. I mean, you with the shoes on the table. That was from what? Your grandma or your mom? My grandmother. So where did that come Probably from? Probably her her mother. Right. I heard something about that being like an origin of like miners coming home. Like if miners died, what? they would put their shoes on the table and it would be something with their spirits or something or other. I didn't write it down, but yeah. There's also a, um, there was an article I read that, who would you think are some of the biggest people who... Um, believe in superstitions the, the people like the biggest. yes yeah sports uh, sports athletes. is one of them yep actors coal miners people go down to mines they have superstitions we all know about sports figures they always you know Ryan Miller who used to play for the Sabres the goalie before he went after the game before he went into the dressing room on the side bench he would come off wall and he would do a figure eight and then he would skate into the dressing room and it was always a figure eight every and i i don't know maybe rob ray said something about another buffalo saber alumni and they sat there the one night and they were talking about it and from that point on i always watched ryan miller he'd come up do a figure eight and then skate right into the dressing room after each period and after the game it was always uh so is that a superstition or is that an ocd both well you're trying to control something that you know, it's the unknown. They're like the superstition is, you know, you put that in there because, well, I did it last time and I had a shutout. Mm-hmm. No one scored. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to just, uh, you know, like people wearing the same socks. You know, if they have lucky socks. Are they growing their beards out because it's playoff season? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Menly men. <laughs> so I have to share this with you guys. I just sent my mom a text and said, why can't you talk when you eat your birthday cake? And her response is, your wish won't come true, silly. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Yep, it's pretty funny. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going to think about that next time there's birthday cake around. Or is it only you? The person who's having the birthday. birthday. Yeah, because everybody else tries to get you to talk. My wife is up next for birthday. Yep. Okay. And you trip people up sometimes, especially when we were younger, because we'd be like, you know, somebody would say something and we'd respond and then we'd be like, oh no. And now, was this one of those family things that you kind of grew she up with? She said it came from my, my, well, her dad, who was my grandfather. Okay. Yep. So it, it came down the pipe. Yep. Somebody started a cake a cake idea out there. Shut up and eat your cake. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Quit kicking the table. Work of the devil. <laughs> I don't know. You can reach us out there, though. I mean, if yeah, you guys have hear. any superstitions, superstitions, just you know, hit us up at uh, Facebook, Twitter. We've been really active. It's under new management, yep. <laughs> so you know we'll respond. Um, Instagram. Send, send us your letters about that you've written to your rats to get them out of your house. Yeah, I just bring a cat in. The cat takes care of it. That's another superstition they said too, but I think it's actually true. If you have a cat. 
you'll never have a mouse problem or a rat problem. And Yeah, because they'll eat them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the cat, quote, or, air quotes, is the letter. I was going to say, maybe the cat actually writes the letters, and the cat's more stern with his writing. So it's like Santa Claus? Would, yeah. When you write Santa Claus a letter? And, hey, no. it could be. You never really be. know. So, all right, well, I think that was a pretty overall... Good start to Halloween. It was very superstitious. Yeah. Watch you know. out for the black cats crossing the road. What about the UFOs pulling the cows up? The writing's on the wall. I mean, that just happens in life. You have to deal with it's it. It's very superstitious. Okay. Well, again, we'd like to thank all our listeners out there. And uh, you get to hear this in a, what, couple weeks or if so. If you see a penny um, and it's not heads up, don't touch it. Pick it up. See what year it is. Check out the dates. Oh, bad yeah, luck. What if it's one of the copper ones that's worth a lot of money? Yeah. Bad luck. No. It's yeah. only what you make it. Wow. So can you break superstitions then? You can, can but you, you break the... suffer the consequences. But you could break through this. Okay. So if you have a, if you're, you know. No. Okay. <laughs> Rob is not letting me go. <laughs> I was going to go in a different direction. Bad luck, superstition, you know, break through it, change, change your life around, you know, knock out the BS and then we can go from there. But all right, I guess that's enough for us today. Yeah. If you're in a bad bout of it, contact me and I'll help you out. Yes. She'll send you a superstitious. I'll send you a mojo bag and a little saying that will help you. You know where to find us. This is Parabell. We're signing off. We're out. Nope, we're out.